welcome. I'm Sarah Pollock. And I'm Quinn Faison. And together, we coach parents of preteens, teens, and young adults at Plan P. We have been there and done that. And when the going got tough, the P was for many things and always for practice, patience, and pause. The work that we do now as coaches has the full support and approval of both of our amazing children and teachers, Ellie and Harrison. So if you're a parent, you've come to the right place. We're going to give you tools to practice clear communication with your children, which will improve your relationships. We are so honored and excited to have you join us on this incredible journey where learning is in the pause and perfection is found in the practicing. Let's get moving. Welcome back to the Plan P podcast. Thank you for being here and for being open to listening, learning, and practicing. This week's P is for practicing and prepping. Speaking of learning, what's been on a lot of parents' minds as we inch towards, oh goody, (laughs) it's back to school, which especially as parents of preteens, teens, and young adults, can be much harder to prepare for than it was back in the day when they were in kindergarten, when you pretty much just picked out their clothes, (laughs) put them in them, you had a little conversation, but you packed a little lunch, they ate it or didn't eat it, you took one picture and printed it. Boom. So unless there are uniforms involved, what a preteen, teen, or young adult wears, uh, may not reflect (laughs) your anything. (laughs) Certainly not your taste or your comfort level. Exceptional, (laughs) exquisite judgment. Ditto what they eat because they'll go out and, you know, eat whatever you want. And where those pictures will be posted, Mm. God only knows. But let me promise you that parents everywhere are just desperately trying to impress upon their children the importance of some clothing being (laughs) on their body in those posted pictures. So, yeah, back to school we go. What does preparing for back to school even really mean during the preteen, teen, and young adult years? Well, you know, and part of it is... When they're little, it is preparing for school. But as they're getting older and more independent, it's supporting them preparing for back to school. Yeah. It, it, I was thinking it's really a sort of tricky question for a parent whose role is changing as their child is turning into an adult child. Right. <laughs> and a lot of parents these days are really wanting to do what they've always done, prepare their child, right? Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't mean picking out a cute little outfit and putting a bow or, you know, driving them to school even always, what do I do? What comes next? It's another transition, right? Yeah, I was going to say, this is a, I mean, it's a hard moment in that there's a transition. As we go back to school, it's the start of a new year. So in some ways that feels like a a clean slate, but it also is going to be a new experience and they're probably feeling a little bit of anxiety. I know we felt a little bit of anxiety, especially when we were bringing them to new schools, 
when they started in a high school, that was a new mm. school, new environment. We didn't oh. know the parents. They didn't know, you know. Do you remember Allie's transition to middle school? I uh, don't. I remember. So I remember driving them around to different schools so they can visit these different schools, mm-hmm. public, private. We did the whole thing for, for middle school. And I remember calling you one time and you were just sort of, talking them down, saying, you know what? This interview is just to make sure you don't have three heads. Right. <laughs> you don't have three heads. You're good. Because they don't know. It's this unknown world. Right. It's right. terrifying to some children. And others are like, taking it by storm. Right. And who each of our individual children is and who they pretend to be. Because some of them can fake it until they make it, and some of them can fake it and feel like a failure. Mm. And they don't know which one they're going to be. Will I find friends? Will I know people? Will I be invited in? Will I be excluded? It's all terrifying for them yeah. in some ways. Well, it's all new. Right. It's a new environment. Yeah. They also were like, I will go to an all, you know, a single sex school with Things that have zero interest to me <laughs> whatsoever, so long as I can be with my friends. Now, can I tell you something? We really want to honor that child, right? Mm. How do they feel about those friends now? I, yeah, they don't know any of those friends. And and they say they weren't really good friends. Right. They picked on them. I don't yeah, want to say bully, was... but yeah, they, those three friends weren't really good friends, but they felt comfortable. They felt safe. They had well, I was a group say of friends. They, uh, yeah. They felt secure in the group, even though they'd grown up and learned what good friends are, <laughs> recognized that just having people who are accepting you is not a very high bar. Right. Friendship. And I think that that, what you just said, that happens at every school transition. Right. They, they learn because what you just said, they know now what yes. good friends are. They still have an, a really good friend. I mean, they have many good friends, but yeah, one of their friends from middle school. One of their friends have. from middle school is still someone they a can solid. rely on. But that's because these are years where they change, and yeah. they're trying to figure out who they are. I mean, you went to one school your whole. I did, <laughs> and I went to preschool with many of the same people who went to school with me all the way through high school. It's a very different experience. We had very different experiences. Yes. I got to reinvent myself every two, three. And well, I went to high school for four years in one place. I didn't have to reinvent myself. And I went to school with people who'd been there since pre-K. Yeah. And some of them that was great for, and some of them were stuck in third grade. Yeah. They know who you were in third grade. And sometimes those nicknames or images or molds are hard to break. Yeah. And I know people who've, sent their kids through pre-K to 12. And I know parents who've been like, you know what? This is a great opportunity to, to move to a different school yeah. for high school, for middle yeah. school, whatever. So a lot of what I hear parents saying, you can't dress them. <laughs> you can't feed them because they do all those things all for all themselves. Their own. Yay! They grow up. And a lot of them are, what I hear a lot of is, well, how can I make sure they understand how to navigate friends, drugs, peer pressure? Yeah, the world. Right. How can I prepare them to understand 
that high school is a different thing in terms of they're going to have to buckle down and get more serious now or yeah which brings me back to and i think we talked about this in one of our previous podcasts i mean it just touching on it the way i will now of you can't teach people through your experience they have to learn through their own experience yeah so we're hopefully not teaching them to understand what we understand because this is another thing that we touch back with parents and in the podcast i'm sure we will again and again understand how it was when i went to school right <laughs> right and they're totally lots... irrelevant now right well it's not totally irrelevant in that we're still humans going to school right so in that clicks way those haven't changed <laughs> <laughs> those hadn't changed from my parents to me from us to our kids probably yeah. to the grandparents the great-grandparents i mean there's some things that are consistent and one of them is the parents will worry because the, the world, world is, is different. I was going to say, because the world has changed from when they were in high school and they don't really understand. And so it's scary. Right. And it's scary for them. And we focus on our fears. Right. A lot of times parents are so concerned about how they're going to help their child understand. And then we have these conversations and I'm like, well, let's talk about what it is you want them to understand what you want them to learn mm -hmm. from you. I am reminded of um, Will Smith. Parents just don't understand. <laughs> I'm going to work on a playlist now because that's my jam. I do me a playlist, but parents do not understand. And Will Smith saying that in like the 80s or 90s. As we're talking about this, I'm like, yeah, understand is an intellectual uh, word. It's not an experiential word. So, yeah, they can't understand until they have the experience. I'm reminded again, toddler, teens, kindergarten, preteen, teen, young adults, they don't ride a tricycle anymore. In fact, they may have car keys. They have a bus pass. Right. Our kids have walked like literally, I think, every square inch of San Francisco at hours that I don't want to think about. Yep. We're yeah. doing... I was walking every <laughs> inch of New York City. Well, not every inch, but... I was, yeah, walking around the city at god-awful hours. Right. So, yeah, I think that when I ask parents that, a lot of times there's a pause. I think that part of it also is, so I say that thing to parents sometimes about just think about what you were doing then. Like, how well did you know yourself? Forget about even what you were doing. These are years where we learn who we are. Yeah. We create who we are in some ways through learning. Right. Is really preparing them for a different relationship, offering to do things with them, not for them. Right. And so that sort of means, you know, supporting them and giving them the space to make mistakes. Right. To do things differently than you think they ought to. Right. It's sort of like they ride the bicycle, you hold it up, and then you let go. Right. Exactly. And, and they may fall, and you're right there. Right. And they may feel the wonder of doing it themselves. As you say, and if it's really like riding a bike, both things will probably happen. They will fall, right. you know, <laughs> they will feel the wonder and then fall. Yep. And, and I would just put a plug in here for letting them do it while they're at this age, <laughs> because, you know, they'll get their scrape from, you know, in that bike example, yeah, they get scraped up when they fall. 
but you don't want them to be making that mistake when they're driving the car. Yes, and while they're still at home, when we can teach them about helmets. Will they wear their helmets once they're out of the house? Who knows? Because skateboarders often don't wear helmets, I've learned. <laughs> it's trusting that they're going to be okay, and we don't really know. Nope. It's accepting, wait for it, reality. If only we could protect them. And they're parents, and I love them, and I get it 150%. I want to protect them. That's my job, right? Well, preparing them is protecting them. Uh, it's just not protecting them in the same way. You're not putting them in the bubble. You're trying to give them the support so that they can grow on their own. Right. And the teen years are hard because what if something happens when they're not taking good care? Do you come down on them hard? Or do you remember that these are years where their brain is developing? So yes, they have to wear a helmet. Um, that's not negotiable. Right. While they're living in our home, you're not, not, not. But also not just coming down hard so you're throwing a wall up between. Right. I mean, that's the part about preparing is letting go. And when they fall, not shaming them because they don't know how to learn how to ride the bike yet. They are learning. Yeah. And the thing that I would throw in there is that in our fear, our reaction often is, you know, overblown and. Right. You know, and, and that's okay because you can come down from that once you've realize that they're still alive and it's all okay. Yeah. You can say, you know, I just was so afraid that I overreacted and I'm sorry. Right. It's the beauty of the preteen teen and young adult years. Our position is changing. That's how you prepare. What we're preparing for is that change in position. Right. It's sort of, and now here's the playlist again. Well, Cam, <laughs> We taught them back then how to stop, look, listen. Mm. And we're sort of teaching them again now mm. how to do the same thing as adults. We still, I still stop, look, listen. And if I'm really with it, I do that even when there, there's no traffic, even when I'm in the comfort of my own home and I'm <laughs> <laughs> listening to someone tell me something. I just stop. I look at where I am and I listen, but I don't necessarily do what they're telling me to do. I listen and I'm aware of my responses and I can respond ably, right? not go crazy on them. Because old Kim says, stop, look, listen, get back in your position, which <laughs> she's not talking about parenting. But for parents, our position is shifting. And so it's hard because our default setting is to get back in the position of taking care of them. Because they are dependent upon us. But as they grow in their independence, what we want to do is give them care, but not take care of them. And it's a tricky shift. It's letting them take responsibility for themselves. Letting them, as you said at the beginning, prepare and this is the point where we want to move into the advisor role from the, you know, director. Right. And so we get to consider what kind of advisor we want to be, which just makes me want to grab this book, which is conveniently here and is not a parenting book. It's, it's a business book and it's not even new, but I held on to this. So right. I'm going to read it now. 
and this is called The Chaos Imperative, and it's written by um, Ori Braffman and Judah Pollock. No relation. <laughs> so this, there's this guy, I think he went to Berkeley. He asked this big mucky muck guy, whatever, to be his advisor. And this guy says to him, we've got a problem. The professor. The problem is, the professor went on, I don't give a rat's ass about the bureaucracy of this university. As far as I'm concerned, you can take whatever classes you please. So I don't know how much I can actually advise you. And then the student says, that kind of advice, I replied, would suit me perfectly. And that's the parent I wanted to be. Was I always, hmm, hmm. Should we talk about when Allie applied for high schools? <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories, I'm sure. Uh, Poor Allie has heard it 350,000 right. times. They They're not happy that we're going to repeat it now, but <laughs> they literally hear this coming. <laughs> but when they applied to high school, which is a whole thing that I never had to do, I don't think you had to do. There was a question on the application that said, what do you want to be when you grow up, essentially? And their brilliant answer was happy, no matter what. It is a brilliant answer. It is, can I just have a moment of like, oh, that is what every parent wants for their child, right? Absolutely. And in fact, when they had gone to middle school, different middle school, three years earlier, the director of the school had asked all the incoming parents to write on a little slip of paper what it was that they hoped that their child would leave this school having learned. And I'm pretty sure I wrote how to be happy. So <laughs> everything was working brilliantly until that moment. We looked at the application and there was that answer. And in our fear, I would say, we pointed out that this was probably not the kind of answer they were looking for. <laughs> they were looking for, you know, an aspiration. <laughs> so the answer was changed to rock star. And luckily, thankfully, there is grace involved because the fact that I didn't lose it, <laughs> this is a child who I also went to well, you can't do that because I am a flawed parent. I didn't give you Suzuki violin lessons at three. Yeah, you couldn't possibly become a rock star because you the only don't play an instrument. The only instrument they were playing at that point was Guitar Hero. <laughs> Which surprisingly, they learned more than I would have guessed. Yeah. And 10 years later, they were actually um, in a band which was touring as the opening act for a band that we've never heard of. And the name of the band doesn't matter that much, but they were like a legitimate venue. I mean, not like the Fox Theater, but a legitimate <laughs> venue, the American, Great American Music Hall, where legitimate acts play and they were in the opening band. So yeah. were they a rock star? They are a rock star. Can I just say both <laughs> of our kids are rock stars? Definitely rock stars. There you go. I still can't believe I said that. It was such a good answer. And they know that. They know that. They know that I think that. So I think one of the lessons is in this shifting role, 
that we are really clear about our new position and that we understand our new role, what our fears are, what mm. our concerns are, and not apply pressure. Like seriously, there's so much pressure. And what do we do? We feel it and we push it. Yeah, we pass it down. Okay, uh, push it, push it good. <laughs> You're gonna hate me by the end of this podcast. Well, and and one of the things that occurs to me as as we're talking about this is that part of trying to mold the answers because we know what the school really wants, that whole thing that we did, hid who they were rather than letting their answer speak for for themselves. Right. And the more we do that, the less they're going to go at a place, a school, a high school, a college, where they feel welcomed, where right. they feel safe, secure, like they belong there. Right. We've we've taught them a lot. We've gotten them this far yes. relating to our last podcast where yes. you, you pointed out. We've built the foundation. And they can get dressed and get up and, you know, most times um, we're helping them learn to think for themselves. At least that's the goal. Well, it sort of sometimes feels like a completely crazy time to do that when you know anything about the teen brain (laughs) or you watch a teenager do, oh, pretty much anything. Well, that frontal cortex is is coming together. So it's, we, these are the learning experiences, the time when the, the brain is building right. on itself. It's our job to give them a chance. Yeah. To learn to think for themselves. And back to school, what better a place to do <laughs> it, right? Well, and and back to school always feels to me like the start of a new year. It's a clean slate. Yeah, it and is. It's sort of a new year. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a new school year, but it is the perfect opportunity to hit the pause button and reevaluate yeah, who, who we want to be, what we want to do, not for them, but with them. And and then ask them questions. Because how can you think if I'm just shouting at you, if I'm telling you how to do this and how to do that and it how to do this. It becomes the Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. Right. We want to be Socrates. Yes. The Socratic method of, of asking and having them explain their point of view. Right. Because this funny thing happens when you articulate your point of view. It gels in a different way. It's a mutual relationship, mm-hmm. which is what we are working towards. And the, that's the tricky thing about this transition. They are still dependent upon us. Yes. And the truth is, finding that balance is hard. Yeah. Well, you want to be supportive of them. And, and that means reminding them sometimes. But... When you are constantly reminding them, then that's probably too much. And you are taking on the responsibility of them remembering. And then what happens? We go all bugaboo on them. Yes, add it to the playlist. Um, (laughs) Destiny's Child. When we go all bugaboo on them, you know what they do? They stop paying attention. They want nothing to do with us. Like full on, you're bugging me. So this is a great opportunity to have conversations, I think, about normal stuff and ask them questions. How do you feel about this? Not, are you doing okay? Because that's a yes or no. Right. I learned in many years in retail to not ask yes or no questions. Yeah. 
because that's not inviting an answer. That's not inviting a relationship that you don't care about that person. And as parents, we care about them and taking care of ourselves during these years often means talking to our peers about our anxiety. Right. So that we don't. So that we don't have it trickle down. Right. Yeah. And recognizing that a lot of our anxiety is unfounded. We think it's more important. These high school years are more important than they actually are. Right. Because what happens in high school and college, they're part of your experience. But really what happens in high school stays in high school. Yeah. Most employers aren't going to look at the high school transcript. Right. They're not going to look at your grades in high school. Yep. And there's a certain point where they're not going to look at your GPA in college. That's right. We've heard from other professionals that the kids go off to college and and that's when things go sort of sideways because they're not working towards their dreams. Mm. There's so much pressure. And I've read articles about this. You know, we tell them we just want them to be happy and then, you know, we but blow happy it. in the way that we think they need to be happy. Well, and even when we say it doesn't have to do with money, the universe is telling them mm. you have to be successful. It's a, I don't want to know dog eat dog because that's a really old term. It's a dog eat dog world. Yeah, but there is this you have to achieve in order to be happy. You have to make a good salary right. you, and you have to do this in order to get there. And can we have a moment of pause for all the unhappy people? There are lots of people who, at, at every level, whether they're influencers or stars, the kids are getting all sorts of mixed messages. Right. I mean, we all are getting all sorts of mixed messages. Because what we look like tells you nothing about what we feel like. Mm. And we're distancing ourselves, I think, more and more from our feelings. Right. So to, this is a great opportunity back to school to ask questions, get them to think about it, and not tell them their feelings are wrong. It's also a, a good starting point for reevaluating where their responsibilities are and where your responsibilities are. So evaluating what are the common household agreements, the family agreements. I'm sure you have a whole list of your own, right? There's curfews and allowances and dinners and social media and breakfast routines. I mean, there's all the ways in which your family works as a unit. And back to school is an opportunity to adjust those and look at those and see if they still are age appropriate. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, you can renegotiate them mm -hmm. with, and that's part of that back and forth, having conversations. And then you can either come to a compromise or you can try one. If, if they come up with ideas, if you engage them and ask other humans at a table or, you know, in a car, because car is a really good place to talk to kids, <laughs> 30,000 feet, excellent. They can't go anywhere. <laughs> um, but if you engage them in conversation and really ask them open-ended questions, and sit and listen. And I'm here to say they will be silent sometimes. Mm. It will be hard to sit through the silence, but ask them genuinely what they think. This is how we do any number of those, one of those things, things. that you just mentioned. Right. This is how we did this last year. How did that work for you? 
Right. I mean, or do you want to continue doing that this year? And this is where preparing for back to school and preparing for this conversation that you're proposing mm -hmm. is think about what worked for me as a parent, as the grown up in the room, right? as the one who's paying the bills and doing all that stuff. If there is an allowance, what am I comfortable with? And then we can talk about allowance because at least I know what I want. Right. And does that mean I won't negotiate? No. You know, we can go back and forth on it. Um, what do I want? I mean, one of the things I think you mentioned was dinners. Mm -hmm. What are we doing for dinners? Do we want a kid to make a dinner once a week? Do we want the kids to, this gets tricky sometimes. So basically we had this great idea. <laughs> she says, rolling her eyes. <laughs> you can't maybe see that, but each kid was going to make dinner one night a week. Wasn't that going to be great? We were only going to have five <laughs> nights. How'd that work? Yeah, I think they made dinner once or twice in the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, between I've got rehearsal for this or I'm going over to my friend's house. And it became yet another one of those things that as parents, sometimes we're like, you know what? It's just easier if we do it. Right. Because, you know, getting a call as I'm coming home, expecting dinner to be on the table at seven, asking me to stop at the grocery store. <laughs> right. It's like, Ugh, you know what? We're just going to have pizza. And we ended up saying the rule was you had to let me know by five. You had to let us know because I didn't cook all the dinners. Right. You had to let us know by five if you weren't going to be home for dinner by seven. Because you were over at that best friend's house or somewhere that we didn't know even. So the, getting preparing for back to school is really the perfect opportunity to really sit down and talk to your kids as emerging adults. Right. To negotiate and to resist the urge to control. Yeah. I think I've said this a couple of times now. It's a, it's a new beginning. Yep. So take that opportunity to reevaluate where you're at, where they're at and the best place for those two things to meet. Yeah. And I want to put a plug in for family meetings, you know, one dinner a week and you can even have agendas. You're dealing with adults. Now you want to learn Help them learn to think. And it's not a hidden agenda. Right. You can put it up on a spreadsheet somewhere that everyone has access about things that come up during the week you want to talk about. And then talk about them. Giving and taking. And yeah. Pausing. And having, having an agenda that everybody can see and add to actually helps diffuse situations because it gives you a time to talk about them right. rather than getting in the fight. The point is to... Take your time about um, figuring out what you want and then having the conversation so that you are all on the same page. Right. And this is just a nod to another conversation that I have about what you're talking about. I think it's a reasonable segue. <laughs> this notion of launching. Mm. Everyone's nervous that their kid's not going to launch. Now, when I first heard this, I had all sorts of twitched out responses, which was, <laughs> and Quinn calmed me down. You calmed me down. Thank you for that, dear. Because I was like, launch? What are they talking about? Launch? You launch a rocket ship and then it crashes back down to earth. I don't want to launch my kid. By the way, our kids left home, <laughs> launch or otherwise. Now, I grew up primarily in landlocked places. So you didn't think about the, the image that I got of a ship sliding gently into the water. Right. And that's a beautiful image. And 
the bulk of our children, the children of the people who, of, of our audience here, the bulk of them, the vast, vast majority will watch. Yeah. They get to build their boat. They get to trim it. They get to paint it. Yeah, they... and launching is just knocking away the last supports. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's really what they do. They knock away those supports and the boat slides gently, into the water. Gently. So how do you prepare for a gentle gliding? Not by freaking out. No. Not by throwing them overboard. Being there for them. They're going to launch. They're going to glide off and there will be storms. Yeah, because life is life. So we all have good times and bad times. Right. We can't protect them. And these are such perfect years to be there for them. Well, and these are the years that uh, if they make mistakes, the mistakes hopefully are little enough. Right. Right. Because they're still within our protective bubble. Yeah. And anyone who's listened to our first podcast knows that we hit rough waters when Harrison was in high school. Yep. So that's the thing about knowing what you want. You'll know if you are being honest with yourself in relationship with them, in trusting relationships, you'll know if it's going south. Yeah. Well, even if you're not in trusting relationships... Yes, exactly. No, trusting a teenager is a tricky thing because they're inherently... Going south is a more obvious thing than one would hope. Right. But I don't think we were ever really... I'm grateful that launching wasn't wasn't a a thing that everyone was concerned about, although I think that every parent ever since the beginning of time has probably been concerned about that with different language. Yes. And so we we were scared because... Our relationship wasn't the same as we had hoped it would be. And so we made decisions that were responsible adult decisions and set them back to boat building. Right. And they call when there's a storm now. They don't call always and they call for dinner. (laughs) Because, you know, no one's ever said to me, it's five o'clock, I'll be home for dinner. But they do call and say... Basically, you want to take us out. Yeah. And we say happily. Absolutely. Yep. So you're ready for your weekly practice. practice. You could consider it homework, but it's optional. (laughs) And it is? To prepare. I think that's what the Boy Scouts said too, right? Be prepared. Yes. (laughs) But we're not talking about the Boy Scouts. No. Our vision of preparing is to, you know, acknowledge and think about what you want. So you prepare for that conversation and have that conversation before school starts. Yeah. And I also think it's preparing yourself for this launch. Mm. Boats leaving home. That's what part of this is. They are slowly leaving home and we get to prepare ourselves and prepare for a healthy relationship with them by not reacting. Right. Based on our fear, as we did, as parents sometimes, as all parents will sometimes, as all humans will. Thank you so much for tuning in to Plan P. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some valuable takeaways that you can practice this week. And remember, change takes time. 
To stay connected with us and ensure you never miss an episode, make sure to hit that subscribe button and share our podcast with friends, family, or any other parents who could benefit from our discussions. You can also keep up with all things Plan P on Instagram and TikTok at Plan P is for. If you have any burning questions or specific topics which you'd like us to address on the show, please just email us at connect at planp.us. If you want to talk to one of us, go to our website at planp.us to learn about us and schedule your free coaching session online. All details and links will be in the show notes. We can't wait to reconnect with you on the next episode. See you next week.